welcome to Relationship Rewind on WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, a show where we rewind relationships and popular media and break down behaviors that are often considered normal but are actually based in power, control, and abuse. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, she, her pronouns, the Director of Prevention and Youth Services at Next Step Domestic Violence Project. Often, young people are expected to just know how to be in relationships in healthy and equal ways, but no one is born knowing that information. We learn through the examples of relationships given to us, and a big place that we see these examples is in the media that we watch. That's why this show uses media like movies and TV shows as tools to recognize and start conversations about harmful and unhealthy behaviors in the relationships portrayed. But this is not to pass judgment on the media that we are discussing. Our goal with this show is to invite young people in Maine to give their perspective and to voice their thoughts, opinions, and experiences around what they've seen in media and how it has impacted them or the people they know. There are sensitive materials in and spoilers of the media that we discuss. Our guest this month is Madison, she, her pronouns, a young person in Maine who has a passion for finding truth and creating beautiful lives with it. Madison and I are going to be discussing the 1999 movie, 10 Things I Hate About You. Looking back on this movie she watched when she was younger, Madison noticed a lot of examples that she felt gave her a misleading view of what relationships should be like when she was growing up. To give a bit of background before we get into our conversation, this movie is set in a high school and begins when new student Cameron is immediately interested in going out with another student, Bianca. The issue is that Bianca isn't allowed to date until her older sister, Kat, who has no interest in dating at all, begins seeing someone. Because of this, Cameron plots an intricate plan to have another student, Patrick, be paid to win over Kat's heart and get her to date him. If you would like to reach out to us for support or more information, please call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579. If you'd like to reach out for support but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. I'd like to now introduce Madison for a discussion about 10 Things I Hate About You. So our show is all about breaking down some of the relationships that are shown in media where actions between partners are not super healthy, but it's being shown in ways that might make those things look like normal or even romantic and passionate. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with this kind of growing up and watching TV shows and movies? Um, Growing up, I loved romance movies. Um, and I think now at this period of my life, I'm going back and watching those romance movies and seeing them from a different perspective. And it has made me realize like why I have been in relationships that were very like emotionally abusive or why I thought different things were okay. And I recently went back and watched this movie and it made me realize um, why I was in the things that I was in and it made me feel sad for like the youth that had to watch it. Some of the things in like TV shows and movies are so incredibly misleading and they do genuinely make it look like this is so normal or this is something that we should want and is like the ideal thing that relationships should strive to be when really a lot of the things that are happening are emotionally abusive or manipulative or you know really aggressive in ways that would not actually genuinely feel good in real life it could be so confusing for sure and there's like a lot of subliminal messaging there and like subconscious stuff there um and it like drills that into their subconscious and kind of sets them up for failure i think yeah i completely and totally agree with you 
And so today we're going to be talking about the movie uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to discuss this specific movie? Because when I was younger, like when I was in middle school, this was like the quirky movie, like everyone wanted to watch it, um, because it was like this like amazing emotional scene where she pulls out a note and says, like, I love you, or and then she says, um, and the worst part about is, or something like that, like she writes the, the note about how she hates him, and it's supposed to be like super straightforward and quirky and fun, and now seeing it now is just super gross. Yeah, definitely. It does feel really gross watching that specific scene, especially considering like every single thing that has led up to that point. Yes. So can you think of any examples from like 10 Things I Hate About You that you noticed that are maybe like not so great, but are being made to look like normal or even like glorified, like, oh, how romantic this is? Well, I feel like the whole movie is glorified around his dominance and about what he wants and the whole movie is about how she's like the super powerful like too powerful and um people are scared of her and that her personality of not wanting to be part of a relationship means that there's like something wrong with her and how the whole plot is about her trying to be able to get a relationship with her for money um also i think one of the biggest things was just the whole dynamic of the relationship, how there's no healthy dynamics in it at all. There's always a lot of yelling and he's always gaslighting her and um, forcing things on her. And she's always screaming and mad and never talks about how she feels. Yeah, I completely agree with absolutely everything you just said. Like the entire movie is literally based off of how can we manipulate each other? Like, every single character is like, how can I manipulate this situation to get what I want to be able to control this situation and and to have control over this other person? And it does really set up, like, the idea that if you are someone who, like, identifies as a girl and you don't want a relationship and you're really independent and you speak your mind, that you're, like, this horrible person that everybody should be scared of and you're, like, super weird and odd when really, like, the main character is just this independent person who wants to be able to share her actual thoughts and not have like other people in her life trying to like control that or being really really focused on having a relationship with someone else yeah and I feel like her deciding to be in a relationship is kind of set with the plot of her like um doing something that's good for her life and finally getting out of that like um, stubbornness when really maybe she would have still been better off if she was independent anyway. <laughs> Even in the way that they started getting into the relationship at all, like initially she is holding steadfast, like I don't want to be in a relationship, this isn't a focus, this isn't a priority for me right now. And then they go through her room and find all of these like little secrets about her that they can share with the guy that's trying to date her so that he has this insider information to like manipulate the situation. He finds out who her favorite bands are, what concert she's going to go to, and then just shows up and mentions a few bands and then all of a sudden every single opinion that she has about being in a relationship right now is completely gone and they start dating each other. It was just so manipulative the way that it even started. Yes, for sure. And then I know you also mentioned that, like, there's a lot of 
gaslighting and there's a lot of minimizing like other people's feelings and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, well, she in a lot of scenes, especially the scene where she's at the gazebo, shares her feelings and shares like um, kind of the one scene where she's actually vulnerable and is starting to trust him and says, I feel like there's something wrong. Like, I feel like you have some sort of reason for dating me that I don't know about. And instead, he he kind of clashbacks and says, like, oh, you're crazy. Like, you need to go to therapy. Like, everyone's right about you. And kind of makes her feel like she is this, like, crazy human being <laughs> instead of just acknowledging her feelings and talking about it because he doesn't want to share what he did. Yeah, he's done this massively wrong thing. He's done this massively hurtful thing. And she, she's a smart person. She knows that there's something that feels wrong and she's trying to communicate and talk about it. Yes. And because he knows that he did something wrong, he doesn't want to accept responsibility for that at all and just turns around and like tries to make her feel like she's the problem. Like she's the one who is crazy when this is actually what is really happening. Yes. Like that's not made up. She's not crazy. He's actually doing that. Yeah. Exactly. He, he's that. trying to avoid vulnerability and to avoid um, his feelings and his shame and having to be held accountable, so then he's putting that on her. It was just, just so not fair at all, and I think it could be such a misleading and maybe, like, um, misguiding example to set. How do you think, like, setting that example of, you know, well, I've done something wrong and you're calling me out on that, so I'm going to turn it around on you. How do you think, like, showing scenes like that and setting that example might impact maybe a young person who is watching this? Um, they might think that if someone treats them that way, then they're just being romantic or that that's, like, a normal dialogue that they shouldn't be concerned about. Um, instead of it being, like, a red flag and something that they would point out right away and say, oh my gosh, that's not okay. Instead, they've seen something that solidifies that that's normal. Yeah, definitely. Like, in, with this scene and this, uh, dynamic happening in the context of, like, this movie that's supposed to be so romantic, like this big romantic movie, it can be so confusing whenever you show things like gaslighting or trying to blame the other person for things that, you know, that person is actually genuinely doing. It can make it so confusing to be able to not link those two things together, not link the romance to the gaslighting together. Yes. Which I think is going to be so tricky whenever you start having your own relationships if somebody decides to do this to you, or even if you decide that it's okay to do this to someone else, because, I mean, like, I've seen it, and it's romantic in this movie. Yes, and you're so vulnerable when you're young, too, and you don't know anything about this stuff, and you're going to look for these things, um, and the people around you, too. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. So can you think of any kind of other examples that you kind of wanted to bring up and talk about? Well, I was thinking of the example of when she finally decides to go to a party that her school is hosting, and she's known for, like, not going to parties, um, and she finally decides to go to a party. And when she does, she gets, like, super, super drunk, which is supposed to be part of, like, getting mad at him, I guess, I, I think from what I remember. And, um... When she goes outside and he takes her outside, she's, like, um, vomiting on his shoes. 
And when they go back to the car, he, she um, wants to kiss him, and he says no. And when that happens, she's mad at him for, like, three days straight, and the whole movie revolves around, like, him being like, oh, what a jerk, like... Um, look at this person, they kissed the this girl in the car while they were drunk, and um, not about that he had done something right and not kissed her when she was drunk, that he should have. And so it was enabling like behavior that shouldn't have happened. Setting the example that you should take advantage of people when they're drunk is not the move it's it's not like a good thing and he in the movie is saying no i didn't like she was drunk i'm not going to kiss you and instead of that being a good example of things that we want to see because that is something that we want to see we don't want to see people taking advantage of other people when they're drunk and can't give consent to do those things and when he does exactly the right thing she gets really angry at him and everybody tells him like, well, obviously it's your fault, like you embarrassed her. And he even has to go to like the lengths of really embarrassing himself and the dancing down bleachers and stuff so he can make it up to her because he's done this big thing to embarrass her when really he was just respecting that she couldn't give consent at that time. Yes, and the way that she was behaving when she was angry with him too, like, um getting mad at him and throwing a, a ball at him across the field and instead of talking to him about it just had outward aggression and outward actions to show that she was angry in ways that weren't really appropriate ways of handling it. Oh yeah definitely and I think that's such a mistake that so many TV shows and movies make where there's a conflict and and it's always in like the rom-coms or like the romantic movies. There's a conflict and instead of sitting down and talking about it and figuring things out and communicating with each other, you just get really mad and you yell and you throw things and that's supposed to equate to like passion when that's such a poor example to set. It's not something that we actually want in our relationships. I can absolutely see why they do it in TV shows and movies. It makes it, you know, more entertaining. But I think that not being able to differentiate between, hey, this is an entertaining thing in the movie and not something I actually should want myself in real life or not ways that I should communicate with people in real life can be so confusing. Like, how do you think watching that might impact like a young person who is just getting into their own relationships for the first time? Well, they're going to wonder how to communicate how they feel, and they're going to probably participate in things like silent treatment or just being like whatever and being like aggressive or in thinking that that's passionate in the way to handle things or that the best way to handle things is to engage in conflict and that certain levels of conflict are um, that shouldn't be considered healthy, they consider healthy. And so they continue to participate in conflict when they could actually just take a step back and learn things like responding and, and um, instead of reacting and talking through these things but none of those stuff is mirrored in the movies nor is it usually in the culture so yeah i think that it would be really helpful if we could see examples of people communicating really healthily and thoroughly like with their words and being able to fully express how they're feeling and being willing to like talk about those things and compromise with each other instead of like you mentioned giving the silent treatment or yelling at each other or throwing things the examples that we do get in like all the tv shows and movies where there's a relationship if you're just joining in this is relationship rewind on weru fm 89.9 blue hill 
I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and today we have Madison on to talk about the movie 10 Things I Hate About You. So is there anything else from the movie that you kind of noticed that you wanted to bring up and talk about? Yes, at the end of the movie... Um, she's super angry at him because she finds out that he has um, been been paid for going out with her. And then um, he tries to make up for it by buying her a guitar instead of them addressing like the core issues of the relationship and talking about it and actually making a repair. He just covers it up and buys her a guitar. So um, there's never actually anything that gets repaired. And then um, she's like, oh, I guess I forgive you, but next time you can't just get off the hook for buying me a guitar. And it's supposed to be like super cute and maybe like youth will think that they can repair their relationships by doing such things and that that's normal. And then he also grabs her and kisses her and then he never asks her permission if that's okay and um, there's no consent with that and um, she never, she, he just forces it on her. So. I know exactly what scene you're talking about and it frustrated, like when I watched it when I was younger I was like oh my gosh how cute but then now uh, as I'm older and watching it with all of the you know just new information that I've learned in my life I'm like oh my gosh that's so not okay like it's not okay to completely ignore all of the really mean and hurtful things that you did because you bought someone else something that they wanted and it's not okay to like instead of fully letting your partner communicate and tell you how they're feeling to cut them off and kiss them instead of letting them tell you like what's actually going on and I think he's like acting all cute like oh yeah well you know the next time I do something like there's always tambourines or whatever yeah like there's always all this other instruments that I can just like buy you after I've done something that's been really hurtful I think it sets up like such a bad example about how to repair things in relationships yeah and it's making his behavior look like something that should be idolized and that other people should participate in and idolizing like him in general with that and making it look like that's how you're supposed to repair those situations i feel like that scene also shows that it's not important to talk about things and not um, important to be vulnerable and to go through the like process of having shame and having discomfort in a relationship and things not being okay and and talking about that with one another and instead I feel like the whole process of the movie is very like quick one and done like avoiding everything all of the time and I think that is one of the biggest things I noticed in the movie as well because youth need to learn the importance of things feeling very uncomfortable and then it's okay to go through a process of like decompressing a moment with someone and talking through things and that's important and they won't see that in the movie because no one ever is not raising their voice or doing something manipulative. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that holding yourself accountable when you do make mistakes and when you do something hurtful to other people, especially in a relationship, is so incredibly important. And you're not fully holding yourself accountable if you just do like a quick fix and then never talk about it ever again. Like, and I feel like it just sets you up for failure because it's going to come up again at some point in time and it's not completely resolved. Like, imagine this movie continues and they are still in that relationship like 10 years from now. 
do you really think that that's not getting brought up? Because it's not being resolved right now with the solution that they've come up with or that he's done where he just buys her something and doesn't let her talk and grabs her and kisses her instead of listening to how she's feeling. Like, ten years from now or even five years from now or just any point in the future of their relationship, that's going to come up again because the the issue is not resolved. Yes, and the root of their relationship never had a solid foundation to begin with. It was kind of founded on something that was meant to collapse anyway. Like, it wasn't founded on healthy behavior, so if they made another movie, it would be of them breaking up, probably. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I feel like we can attribute them not making another movie to how in- <laughs> like how unstable this relationship is. This is so important to have that, like, solid foundation. Like, everyone, absolutely everyone deserves to feel really loved and supported. And, like, they can trust the person that they're with. And I cannot imagine how, without talking about this at all, she'd ever be able to trust him after that. Because their entire relationship started with manipulation and lies and... Even him pretending to like the same bands and stuff, like we were talking about earlier, how she was completely dismissing him because she did not want a relationship and did not want to date anyone, until he came up and started talking to her and pretending that he liked the same bands that she likes, when he only knew that because her little sister and the guy that was trying to date her little sister broke into her bedroom to find that information. It's all built on fake things. Yeah, it's like not real connection that they built between each other out of their real personalities. Yeah, exactly. Nothing that they had kind of based it on is like joint interests, certain things. It's all things that he's pretended to like so that he could talk to her. And it's all lies and manipulation so that he could have gotten money off of the other person. And without actually having any like significant conversation about that and the solution being like, buying her things and ignoring the issue, like, how is there ever going to be trust actually happening in that relationship? Yes, and I feel like also when you were saying that, I was thinking that it also shows that you have to, um, you have to be what the person wants you to be, and it kind of sets people up to think that they have to be, especially in the beginning of the relationship of, like, I'll pretend what you want me to be, and you'll pretend to be what I want you to be. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, and I think, like, at least growing up and having my experiences and just, like, the experiences of the people that I've known, that happens every single time. In all of the young relationships that I witnessed growing up or experienced growing up, there's just this immense pressure to pretend to be something that maybe isn't actually aligning with who you are, just because, like, the goal is getting that other person's interest. Well, that really shouldn't be the goal. We should all be able to value ourselves as people, our actual genuine interest, and find someone who has those and, you know, have that feeling that, okay, this person doesn't have the same interests and isn't interested in me because of that, and that's okay. Like, I'm still a great person, and there's going to be someone who has those interests and aligns well with me, but it just sets up this pressure to feel like you have to fake being somebody else so that you can get another person's interest when that just isn't, like, a good thing. Yes, exactly, and it makes the person feel like they can't show up as their authentic self. And if the other person doesn't like them for something, then that means that there's something wrong with them. Instead of that, there might just not be a great potential for a relationship. 
Yeah, absolutely. I saw something online the other day, and I thought it, it was just really resonated with me. It was like, you could be like the absolute like. I don't remember what specifically they said, like, what they related it to, but it was, like, you could be, like, the absolutely most beautiful, like, cup of tea or, like, slice of cake, but if that person doesn't like tea or cake, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with that tea or with that cake. It just means that individual person doesn't like it. There's going to be people who like tea and like cake, but that specific person doesn't specifically like tea and cake. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with the tea or the cake. So how do you feel like 10 things I hate about you like as a whole could impact the young people who are watching it who maybe haven't had their own relationships or just starting to have their own like first experience with relationships? Um, I think this movie would set up youth to participate in unhealthy relationships and to not recognize the unhealthy behavior or get help for the issues happening in the relationship. And I also feel it would keep them from being shown or being able to have the joy of experienced, kind, loving, supportive, um, and communicative relationships. Yeah, I think that you are totally right in saying that. I think that, you know, setting up young people to view the relationship like the ones that we see in this specific movie as like, the ideal or like the romantic, the passionate relationships when really it's just a bunch of people being really awful to each other. It could really like rob you of the ability to have an actual true good relationship where you are feeling really loved and supported and like you can trust the other person. Yeah. I really feel like it also sets them up in a way where they'll like actively seek out that inner relationship and sets them up where their worst relationships are where they're young, when they're young. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I think that you are totally right also in saying that it's going to make it really hard to see when these things are actually happening, that they aren't good things in relationships. Like, when you start getting into a relationship and someone is treating you in the way that these people are treating each other in the movie, and you're probably not feeling very good about it because it wouldn't feel good to have people doing what these characters are doing to each other in real life. Like, it just wouldn't feel good if someone was constantly like, yelling at you and being really aggressive, or if somebody was constantly lying to you and manipulating you, or like having ulterior motives for even being with you. None of those things would feel good at all. And I feel like it would create this really confusing time for a lot of people in saying that, like, okay. I should be having a good time because these characters are having a good time. Why does this not feel good? And it may take you so much longer to realize it's because of what the other person's doing. I'd like to thank Madison for being our guest speaker this month and having this conversation about 10 things I hate about you. You've been listening to Relationship Rewind. I'm your host, Allie Williamson, and I hope you'll join us again next month on the third Tuesday from 4.30 to 5, where we will be continuing this conversation and breaking down another relationship in popular media. You can also listen to our live stream or subscribe to our podcasts at WERU or on the WERU smartphone app. We're also on Spotify and Apple Music now. As mentioned, you can call Next Steps 24-7 and free helpline at 1-800-315-5579 for support or more information about power and control in relationships and resources available to you. If you'd like to reach out for support but you're not sure who to call, you can call 211 to find which resource may be helpful for you and to be connected with them. Thank you.